Coronavirus Command Council and Cabinet have approved the reopening of schools as of June 1, 2020. How, how difficult was it for them to survive? Sometimes there is no Sometimes we go to bed uh, empty stomach. It's week nine of South Africa's national lockdown and in just a few days, the country is expected to enter lockdown level three, which will see socio-economic activity pick up. But it will also undoubtedly lead to a spike in COVID-19 infections, a daunting consideration for any parent looking to send their child back to school from the 1st of June. This won't be the first challenge faced by moms and dads during the national lockdown though. In this episode of Boots on the Ground, Behind SA's national lockdown, we consider some of the hard realities children have been made to withstand and the heartbreaking choices parents have been forced to make during the lockdown. This short podcast series follows Sunday Times reporter Alex Patrick and senior reporter Graham Hoskin as they track, record, and reflect on the real events and people that make up SA's biggest COVID-19 news stories. For Boots on the Ground, behind SA's national lockdown, I am Zama Lutuli. There is no instruction manual for being a parent, let alone being a parent in the middle of a global pandemic. Whether your child is a newborn or is 35 and has just been retrenched, being a parent and knowing what to do or how to keep your children safe is tough. I'm reminding you of what you already know, because the next story involves three malnourished children whose mother thought she was making the right choice. Our senior reporter, Graham, describes the situation this particular mother found herself in. This case that we came across in Flakfontein, outside Lanasia, a mother, a week before lockdown, her brother died. The family is from Empangeni, so she took a taxi for the funeral down to Empangeni. She left her 17-year-old son with his two younger much younger kids, his brother and sister, comes back. Literally a week and a half later, her sister dies. Oh my God. Well, she made money by selling food at a nearby taxi rank. I mean, okay. Flakfontein is hugely poor. Yeah. I mean, it, the poverty is just unbelievable. It slaps you in the face. I mean, it's just, it's, it's horrendous. So she doesn't make a lot of money. Mm. She, has to t- obviously go down to back down to Empangini again, mm. pays 
who knows how much in taxi fare to get back down there. But the, but the money that she uses, or she has to use, is the money that was meant to get the family through the, fir- the first phase of the lockdown. So she goes back down thinking that she'll be able to come back. But she's been the, the, the her son, 17-year-old son and 12-year-old daughter and 10-year-old son. I mean, they haven't seen her since, what's that, that April, like two weeks into April. And she can't, so for two months, more than two, yeah, you know, just over two months, they've been living on cabbages, which they have a little vegetable patch outside the shack. They've gone to neighbors to ask for food, but I mean, nobody has food. And the family was discovered uh, about a week ago now um, by TDB clinic social workers who routinely phone, decided under lockdown, look, we can't get to everybody, yeah. but we've got numbers of people, so we'll phone people, okay. check how they're doing. And a community member that they phoned said, look, this, this is, these three kids that keep on coming around asking for food repeatedly. And it's not like, you know, once a week thing. It's every day, and they're getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. Graham caught up with social workers at the Teddy Bear Clinic, who luckily found these three children. My name is Mashudo Amos Namsunda. I'm the social auxiliary worker at Teddy Bear Clinic for the Abused Children, based at Protea Magistrate Court. And, And when you came here, what did you see? Immediately when we arrived here, because we met with uh, the the other child who is not around here, she was waiting for us there by the road. Then we, when we were driving here, it was to my surprise when we arrived here, we see that uh, the children, they are by themselves here. The mother's not around. Then there is no one who is looking after them. Then we try to talk to them and find out if there is something that they were using to survive during this lockdown. And it was unfortunate when it came out that the only efforts that the mother did is just to give them instruction that they need to request food from her friends around here. And as we really realized that each and everyone is in lockdown and most of the people there doesn't have lots of things to survive, then sometimes they were going to bed empty, with empty stomach because those people were not providing for them. Walking through the Flakfontein community, Graham eventually came to the small shack where the three children had been living. Only the eldest was there now, looking nervous. He lied about his age and said he was 18. To Graham, it seemed clear that he was scared that he and his siblings would be taken from their mother. Who's been looking after them? The mother. But if she's in, if she's in KZN, how? Masa KZN ni pila kanja ni pila ngan. Like under lockdown, how she have they been? Kona manje ngoba like akeko mama, ende kune lockdown unen pila ngan. Kona abang uma mwa tu kona abang nda keba just neta misa isi eschota something si eschota. There are some friends, the mother's friends around here. She requested them that if they need something, they can rather go to them and ask. Okay, so they've just been getting like small pieces of food 
from different people. Different people. I yeah, they were just requesting getting something to eat for that day, and that's how they were surviving. Okay. And their own, do they have, I see that like there's the vegetables here, they're just trying to, were they growing some of their own vegetables? Nearly Malani told us something in eating is. No, yeah, I'm saying it's a tent around to go down and to swear. They were selling that uh, vegetable that side, the ten rand per bundle, but now because it's drying, then it doesn't have anything to survive. Okay. And how, when, when last did, before Teddy Bear was helping, Teddy Bear Clinic was helping them, when last did they get food to eat? Before it had been in season, when they tell us to go, la ni kine ni no tholo go. The teddy is not even. But as corn, normally, as 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 I tell you, sir, I call. Say seven days, sir. They used to sell the the head meat, the cow meat, the the meat of the head. Of the cow that side up there, they were having little money that they were using before we started to support them. Okay. Yeah. But when did they use that? When was that all used up? Ni seventy seven before lockdown. Yeah, they use it before lockdown. Okay, so since lockdown, they haven't had any money to to get food. They've been relying on. Now let's cut this lockdown on nening asana yimali nening asana next. No, there was no having any money. How how difficult was it for them to survive? Sometimes there is no fun. Sometimes we go to bed uh, empty stomach. Okay. And was he was he worried for his younger brothers who he was and sisters who he was looking after? In a ikpataga we would like ah la bawanga ni bala lebangatlan. That is why I decided that it is enough for me. Then I decided to take them to the auntie because I can't sit and look at them. I mean, you can imagine what not eating properly for two months does to you as a 10-year-old or as a teenager or as a kid. But not just that, I mean, uh, what do you do as a 17-year-old in that yeah. situation? One or two nights, okay. And I mean, then... he, he, yeah. oh, I mean, he, so 10 days ago, he's, he's got an aunt who stays about 15 to 20 kilometers away. That's all the lost cabbages because you thought, well, I have to have money. I can't carry, we can't carry on eating cabbage. Yeah. Nobody else in the area has food for us. Yeah. We've asked everybody that we can. We've so he sold the last couple of cabbages, bought some food, but then realized, well, look, I've got no more money. There's no more cabbages, and people don't have food. So he he with his younger brother and sister walked about 15, 20 kilometers to an aunt's house. But I mean, here's the thing: she's her husband's lost his job. Yeah. She's unemployed. And she's got four younger kids who are all under the age of 10. Yeah. So now she's trying to support six kids. A lot of the people that we've spoken to, so we spoke to nurses at the Red Cross Children's Hospital, which sees children from across the country. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we spoke to the Teddy Bear Clinic, um, Pediatric Care Africa, and they they're saying there's always been hunger. It's 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 not like there hasn't been hunger in South Africa. Yeah. But what and people are fooling themselves to think if there hasn't been. Yeah. But what what's what's happening now is how it's being exacerbated by the lockdown. Mm. This is not the only household of children in a very difficult situation. This is in fact a luckier household. They were discovered in time. Stories like this are not new to South Africa, yet they shock us all the time. In a way, it makes us pray for schools to open so that school feeding schemes can begin again. But that too is an impossible decision to have to make. If your children are already malnourished, can you in good conscience send them back to school and hope they survive? Basic Education Minister Angie Mosecha announced on Tuesday evening that schools will be opening for grades 12 and 7 pupils come the 1st of June. The National Coronavirus Command Council and Cabinet have approved the reopening of schools as of June 1, 2020. Independent and public ordinary schools will open even in the metropolitan areas because there was also some misinformation about the fact that some schools, because it came in the Sunday Times and I don't know where it came from, it possibly is a leaked document of our earlier discussions or projections that all schools, even in metropolitan schools, that's what our plan, they will reopen when other schools are reopening. And what we are looking at is even going beyond that, but we'll announce going beyond 7 and 12, but we'll announce that later. But also, we will also look at small schools and special schools differently, because we may not be able to use the same measurement for all those other sectors. And we'll give details again during the course of, during the, course of the month. She further emphasized in a virtual press briefing that the closure of schools was necessary, but that safety precautions have been implemented in order to protect both students and teachers. These include the supply of masks, sanitizer, social distancing protocols on public transport, among other measures. The first closure of schools to slow the spread of coronavirus was a necessary step we take. It remains, it continues to remain an important step that was taken to contain the virus as quickly as possible and save lives. Minister Motsecha also raised concerns around comorbidity in students or the infection of students with pre-existing health conditions. So we are working with the Department of, of Public Service on this, in this aspect and we also urge parents to work closely with their schools to ensure that learners with pre-existing illnesses are also assisted. Schools will work with parents to obtain the information which once again needs to be treated with the utmost care. She ended her briefing by stating that further information as well as a revised school calendar would be released via the Department of Education's website. While it's true that most children do not have severe reaction to COVID-19, it is still a gamble. A gamble with your child's life. The 17-year-old boy in this story would be in matric right now and his mother would face another daunting choice. Send him back to school on the 1st of June, malnourished, and risk his life or keep him home in his matric year and risk his future. 
it's a next to impossible decision and naturally it has the country divided parents will not be forced to send their children to school but schools will be reopening nonetheless and at the end of the day parents will make a choice but in the meantime there is a way to keep children safe and relatively up to date with their peers this is capricorn fm podcast this lesson is proudly brought to you by Kahiso Trust in partnership with the Limpopo Department of Education and Capricorn FM. Kahiso Trust, overcoming poverty. Today is the 20th of May, 2020. Welcome, Capricorn FM listeners, especially grade 12 class of 2020. May I also take this time to thank Department of Education Limpopo Capricorn FM, Kagiso, Kagiso Trust for affording us a chance to learn mathematics. I am Marubini MF from Tengwe High School. It's an approach at blended learning, a virtual classroom using South Africa's most accessible form of media, the radio. The Limpopo government, I mean, they, they got to, together with big business, you know, and they said, well, We've got metrics they have to write yeah. at the end of the year. They have to do their exams. They have to pass. So how do we do it? Well, not everybody has a TV. Not everybody has a smartphone. Not everybody can afford data. So, but it, almost, almost everybody has a radio. Uh-huh. So they've been doing like brilliant, like math, science, your languages, your business subjects, wow. history, geography, you know, and the, the teachers that they've got teaching are teachers who for the past three years all their pupils have passed with more than 80 percent from grade 8 up to grade 11 we managed to do one theorem and also give some uh, basic terminology in circle geometry in grade 11. radio school has exploded in limbobo with six of the province's top teachers using provincial radio stations, including Capricorn FM, Sekukune FM, and Tubatze FM, to teach metrics. This project was undertaken by the Provincial Education Department of Limpopo. Various radio stations and big businesses, such as Vodacom and Kahiso Trust. So you need to work harder for you to get marks. Good luck. This lesson is proudly brought to you by Kahiso Trust in partnership with the Limpopo Department of Education and Capricorn FM. Kahiso Trust, overcoming poverty. That was Capricorn FM podcast. It's a project that gives parents of all economic backgrounds a bit more hope and a bit more autonomy. It's not a classroom and it will never be enough, but it is a clever and ingenuitive start. The program will continue post lockdown and lesson plans as well as previous lessons are available for download on the website of the various radio stations. The 1st of June is approaching. Parents all around the country have a decision to make. Here at Boots on the Ground, we can't tell you what the right choice to make is. In fact, we are just as divided as the rest of the country. What is for sure though, is that the choices made by today's parents and guardians will have a tangible impact on the future of the country's youth. We wish all South African parents good luck. As regulations shift, confirmed cases spike, 
and deaths slowly mount, we must not forget the impact our decisions have on the youth of the country. They are looking at us and we must not let them down. For Boots on the Ground, Behind SA's National Lockdown, a production of Multimedia Live, I am Zama Lutul. You are listening to Boots on the Ground, Behind SA's National Lockdown. Boots on the Ground is a short podcast series documenting South Africa's national lockdown as a result of the outbreak of COVID-19. Boots on the Ground is a true piece of mobile journalism. All interviews, voices, and sound effects have been gathered using nothing but smartphones. Boots on the Ground is a production of Multimedia Live, a division of Arena Holdings. Narration done by Samar Lutuli. Audio gathered by Graham Hoskin and Alex Patrick. Sound design and editing by Paige Muller. Production by Multimedia Head Scott Peter Smith. To catch the next episode of Boots on the Ground for free, please subscribe to the podcast on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.